0: Greetings, listeners.
1: Hello, humans. Hi. Hi, Josh. Hi, Ellie. How's it going?
0: It is going amazingly.
1: Great. We have an episode here with young Anna Meyer, mm-hmm. who is a lovely human. Yep. Uh, she calls herself a pre-professional.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's incorrect, though. I, I think do, too, she's because... A full Fledged professional.
1: I do too because we found out you'll hear about her internship. Mm-hmm. Um, but in since spoiler alert, since <laughs> it's a huge spoiler, s- she has an internship. She's a college student.
0: No, I mean what you're about to say next is a spoiler.
1: It's a s- but it's, but it's not discussed in the interview because it hadn't happened yet. Okay. Oh my God, that she. We just found out that her internship turned into a real job. Yep. And that is freaking awesome. Her
0: internship turned into a pro-turnship.
1: No, it turned Heck into yes. a job. <laughs> and that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Congratulations, Anna. It was Anna. Anna. She says Anna Myers. Hmm. So when I said I've heard it, it both ways.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, she can, uh, she little, can call us and say it out loud.
0: Little psych reference there.
1: Uh, no, because her brother's name is Graham, and her dad thinks it's funny to say Anna Graham. Okay. Anyway, uh, so get excited about this episode, but first I want to say that you'll hear in this episode that our dog whines quietly in the corner the whole time because mm-hmm. he's an asshole.
0: So <laughs> or because he was under the impression that he would be fed at some time.
1: Yeah, so sorry in advance. It was advance. a mistaken impression. Yeah, he was totally wrong about it. <laughs> it sorry. Was like two hours early. Sorry in advance. Sometimes he loses track of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to say we were at an event this week, which was super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a listener got a, her little notebook, her cute notebook out of her bag, and showed us, flipped through all the pages where she wrote down. Things that she thought of while she was listening to our podcast and thinking about work. Mm-hmm. And it totally made our week. So yeah. thank you, listener, for that. That yeah. was awesome. That was amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: That totally is a validation of, of what we're trying to do here. That's why we're here. Yep. We're here to help. <laughs> yep.
1: uh, speaking of that, we are organizing a live episode. Yep. So somebody said to me one day, not long ago hey, you guys should think about doing a live episode. And I went, oh, no,
0: No that sounds terrifying. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's the worst idea.
1: But the thought was planted, and the thought kept um, picking at me and going, well, so what if that was a thing? So Mm -hmm. what would that be like? And then I started imaginary planning the event. Mm -hmm. And I am now at the point where I can actually... So clearly, I have such a clear vision for how this event is going to go, that uh, it's almost like it's already
0: happened. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm Are in the, you gonna share that? Yeah, I'm writing it. With it's me? a
1: Trello card. I'm making a Trello card, and you can <laughs> see the whole thing. None <laughs> of it's done yet.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, it's right in there in Trello, and you're gonna, uh, we're gonna partner with a local group. That we're not going to say who it is yet because we're not sure if they're ready to talk about it.
0: Not 100% it. planned out.
1: Well, I mean, we're going to do this, but mm-hmm. I just, I don't know if they're ready to announce that the mm-hmm. we're going to work on this together. Uh, but they're super cool and their purpose is very similar to ours in that they exist to make, help people make work better and be uh, advance their careers and get ahead. And be a more awesome. So I think we're super closely aligned. and We're super excited about organizing a live episode. And also I'm mm-hmm. super scared about it.
0: I think it'll just be awesome and fun. And it'll, I'm sure it'll be stressful. And I'm sure shit's going to happen. But. Um,
1: and then we'll just laugh. Yeah. And say how fascinating. How
0: fascinating.
1: Uh, that's all. Let's go to the episode.
0: All right. Let's do this. Three, two, one, Let's go to the interview.
1: <laughs> so we're here today with Anna Meyer. Did I say your name right? Yes, okay. Anna Meyer. But well, I always go Meyer, Meyers, Meyer, and mm-hmm. try to talk myself in or out of one or the other, and then I lose track of which one <laughs> is the actual last name. Yeah. Uh, and our conversation is about being a pre-professional human. So Anna, tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you and what are you working on right now? Well, I am 19
2: years old, and I'm currently a student at the University of Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas, which is a small college town about an hour away from Kansas City. Um, I'm studying journalism, so that's my major, and then I'm trying to get a minor in creative writing. Okay. Um, I know that I want to be a writer in some shape or form. Okay. Uh, That's a pretty vague statement. I know there's a lot of different areas you can pursue with it. but I know that for sure writing, written communication is kind of my forte, so okay. that's what I'm headed for. Cool. Um, yeah, and so I work on campus as a interlibrary loan student assistant, Nice. Cool. then I'm also working on being uh, an intern with the Riveter magazine. Before you tell us
1: about the Riveter, mm-hmm. I need to know if you can do the Rock Chalk the Rock Track Jayhawk you, Club? Yeah, do you know it? I actually don't, which is kind of sad and not <laughs> sportsy.
2: Well, I go to the basketball games, but when you have a whole arena helping you with it and the mm-hmm. band That's and everything, it. you can kind of do it, but sure. solo, I can't say
1: I can. <laughs> I almost had to learn it for work. You did? Because we, we worked with KU um, a little bit. Uh, When I first started my job, Mm -hmm. uh, and a couple people learned it, but I'm not talented enough, (laughs) I think, so I don't know. You're a sophomore, right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe you'll get it down by the time. Yeah, hopefully. It's complicated. It is,
2: it really is, and they had at freshman orientation, they had like a a video on how to do it, and it was (laughs) so funny to hear an entire auditorium of, you know, clueless, nervous freshmen trying to get this beat down and it just it it sounds. sounds awful.
1: <laughs> oh, so that happened several times at our mm-hmm. office. Uh, we I have watched that video so many oh, times, really? <laughs> but I never figured it out. I think maybe once, but again with the faking it because somebody else was doing. Mm-hmm. Do you Any- feel
0: like that's a personal failure?
1: No, I didn't <laughs> go to KU. So <laughs> yeah, Anna's the one that needs to learn it. Yeah, that's that's a goal for me when I get back. <laughs> that that'll be my goal. goal. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you can send us a video when you when you figure yeah, it out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the Riveter Magazine. What are you mm-hmm. doing there with them? So, The River Magazine
2: is a startup publication that's only been around for a year or two. Okay. Um, and they are, it, it's kind of focused on. Is women. that here
1: or in Kansas? It's
2: in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. It's Minneapolis based, but uh, it's produced nationally or oh. uh, distributed nationally. Okay. And it's the whole idea of women writing for women. Oh, cool. You know, women creating content that is inspiring and, and it goes beyond just the, the Cosmo typical topic. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I work with, uh, Kayleen Ralph, who is the editor and, um, co-founder. And right now I've been working with her on, um, just strategic, um, strategic projects to help with distribution and Mm. um, different locations to sell the magazine.
1: That's awesome. So
2: yeah, I love it and it's a great publication and it's been an
1: amazing experience, so. Cool. And what are you uh, learning in this internship about just kind of office life and um, professional human behavior that Mm -hmm. you want to explore?
2: Well, the whole thing with being the intern I kind of feel like there's two personalities that you can be as the intern. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, to take like a, a an example from popular media. There's the intern that was in the latest Amy Schumer movie, mm-hmm. uh, Trainwreck. Who, you Josh know, Josh hasn't let me watch that yet. Oh, it's good. It's a good movie. I really All like right.
0: it, but. I don't think I ever. He wanted, acts like I didn't. You're not ask.
2: allowed to do it. <laughs> he acts. He acts like I didn't ask. Right. Okay. Well, you should when you get the chance. You absolutely should. But um, you know the intern is is wearing the wrinkled dress shirt that's one size too small because they don't have you know their professional wardrobe down yet and right. they're kind of bumbling and they're just kind of uh, clueless in the environment. Yeah. And then I feel like the other internship personality would be the the bellboy from wes anderson's the budapest hotel Mm -hmm. if you've seen that you know where he he shows up and yes he's the new guy but he follows around his mentor with like wide eyes and a clear focus and 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 so i'm kind of learning that as a intern i really want to strive to be the the bellboy example Mm -hmm. you know where i'm just i'm kind of you know i am the the lowest on the totem pole. I don't have a lot of experience. I'm new to the whole world. So I'm learning that it's all about observation mm-hmm. before action, mm-hmm. you know, not fake it till you make it, like learn until you make it.
1: Nice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. It. Uh, so in the quick conversation I had um, with your dad, for our listeners who don't know, it's AJ, who was also a guest on our show. Mm-hmm. He said that you... You're finding that your pursuits of professionalism are kind of unique among your peers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to put this mildly in case right. any of your friends listen. <laughs> uh, but that you uh, seem to be kind of more driven toward this like career-oriented, goal-oriented uh, lifestyle than mm-hmm. some of the other sophomores. Mm-hmm. But talk about that. Like, What is that like um, ooh, just day-to-day?
2: Right. I think... I think the biggest part of it
1: is that by the
2: time you're a sophomore in college, it's kind of the make or break point academically, where people who were undecided in their major are kind of freaking out now, Mm -hmm. realizing, oh no, I have to declare. Or if they were declared something, they're either finding out that they don't like it, or it's not their strong suit or whatnot. Sure. Um, I've been really lucky in that I've known what I wanted to do since. I graduated high school. I was pretty set on journalism, pretty set on writing, and so I think I just have had that year or so kind of advantage in knowing that this is what I want to do, I gotta go find experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, it's it's kind of a secret, you know, but I stumbled across the, um, the Riveter experience almost on accident. Mm -hmm. Like I'll pretend like I wanted to do it, and like I really did, but um, I had I was doing this research project for a journalism course, and I was doing it on women's role in journalism in modern day journalism. How's it different for men and women in the field? And in doing so, I stumbled across the Riveter's uh, webpage. Mm-hmm. I read what their their statements were, what their goals were for the publication, and I thought, Oh my gosh, this is awesome! You know, mm-hmm. there's there's something for me when I graduate, and I got so excited about it that. I sent a blind email to the, you know, info at riveter.com generic uh, email address and I said, "You know what? This is awesome. Thank you for being what I needed to see today as a um, young woman in journalism. You know, this is amazing. Thank you, you know, for cool. for doing this." And then I got an email back from the editor saying, "This is why we do what we do. Do you have any work you could send to us?" <laughs> you know, so at first that's it was awesome. just a, a just a, you know, I love what you're doing and then that's when I was like, Oh, oh my gosh, you know. Wait, okay. they want to talk to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what they actually think I have, you know. And I don't, I don't even know if they realize that. At the time, I was just 18 when, when they asked. I, they knew I was a student, but yeah. um, I, I just, it's pretty fun almost to yeah. think that I'm learning to have kind of the confidence to go forward in what I'm doing. Yeah, But which part of that was the secret? So the secret was that I didn't actually go out and say, oh. you know, I'm here and here's my work and I'm submitting to be this. But, mm-hmm. you know, I almost kind of stumbled
1: across it. Well, that's <laughs> funny because the we had a chat with our friend Dina alspa who was a, a group publisher at Tiger Oak mm-hmm. um, Media. And she said of her current job uh, that she found it completely by accident. She's mm-hmm. the CMO of the company that she works for now. And same thing. Just a, a conversation about a, um, about a place led to uh, figuring out this great opportunity. Yeah. So you have to pay attention to, um, or I guess not, not pay attention to accidents because you can't really do that, but like seek opportunity and, and it's cool that you just spoke out and reached out to them. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, and having the flexibility of not uh, ruling any options out too, Mm -hmm. which I think is unique to people who are pre-professional so (laughs) you know, because you don't have this already, uh, you know, thriving career or, you know, already um, responsibilities at another office, Mm -hmm. you know, so to me it is kind of, okay, I'll try that, okay, I'll try that, you
1: know, so... So. Oh my gosh, I'll tell you a secret which is that that continues to be true when you're not pre-professional when you're a full-blown professional Yeah, it's still true. Yeah <laughs> uh, So what kind of challenges have you faced what you know like what has been? Um, the, the battle or the struggle
2: right I think um, the battle or the struggle is uh, Finding your level of authority uh-huh. over your content um because I think when you get older you have this kind of uh, background and you have these experiences that you can say you know I have the authority to speak on this subject because of this or this many years in the field or whatnot but sure especially as um a writer you know you you can't necessarily as a young writer be like oh I can talk about this because I know everything about it so I think a huge struggle that comes from being a pre-professional is just trying to
1: find your level of authority hmm I would like to know how you find it when you do I'm in my 40s <laughs> uh, and have been a professional for a while now and uh, even when we were putting together the format for this podcast we were like I struggled with that mm-hmm. I was like should are we qualified to talk about this? Like We, we <laughs> right. kind of, uh, we, we debated it. Josh and I had a lot of conversations. And what we landed on was maybe not in all cases, which is why we have guests come on the show and talk to us about different things and, mm-hmm. and share their experience. And the hope is that we don't necessarily need to be Experts or um, authorities on everything, but I think there's a lot to be said for asking questions and exploring a topic. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's helpful, but maybe you can take that angle of I'm not the expert, but here I am yeah. to find out yeah. and share my journey. Yeah, and I think that's where I find the mm-hmm. authority
2: piece too. is just doing your research and then, uh, sitting back and absorbing what you've learned Mm -hmm. and taking the time to develop an opinion before just blurting something out. Yeah. You know, so I I agree with you. It's it's finding, saying, okay, maybe I'm not the most qualified, but how do I get there? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so you do your research.
1: Nice.
0: So with choosing journalism, Mm -hmm. that's kind of something that some people think is kind of fading a little bit. Um, did you think about that sort of thing when choosing journalism or is it just the gravity of that, uh, profession is, is so strong you had to go?
2: Right. I, well, there's two directions that I see journalism. I see there's the, the news and broadcasting side where, mm-hmm. you know, you're working for a local channel or working for a newspaper, you're going to the scene, you're asking questions, you're recording and you're producing. I see that side of journalism. And then I also see the side of journalism that's the strategic communication side where right. it's learning how to write in a business environment and learning how to write in a strategic sense and and producing content that's more you know work for like a, a like a digital agency, mm-hmm. you know? So Um, I know that when I was looking at KU, they have an option where when you go into the journalism major, you take core journalism courses where everybody is learning the same kind of, you know, media writing or Mm -hmm. research planning, all that kind of stuff. Um, But then you also get these like 25% more of the classes, you know, like 75% of the classes are those core ones, but then the extra 25, you can either do media and broadcasting or you can go more strategic communications and get more of like a like a business twist on mm-hmm. the journalism like sort degree sort
0: of PR right kind of, okay
2: right cool. so I'm going more the strategic communications route mm-hmm. um there's still those uh, core journalism aspects to what I'm learning
0: cool
1: that's awesome yeah I'm trying to I was just sitting here as you were talking trying to imagine <laughs> myself having a conversation like this when I was 19 <laughs> and there was just no chance um I want to talk a little bit about technology and how, mm-hmm. um, how it influences you or how, you, how it affects you maybe because when I, um, I remember taking, as a freshman in college, taking a design class and the primary tools that we used were exacto knives and rubber cement and <laughs> paper. We didn't right. have computers um, so, and I, I can't imagine that there are still um, graphic design classes like that now with computers around so um tell us a little bit about how your you know how that shapes your experience because you have access to everything but that could actually be overwhelming right
2: right well it's funny that you mentioned that because so i like i said earlier i work in the interlibrary loan department at our university library And my job is is kind of when, um, you know, patrons want a material that KU libraries don't own, Mm -hmm. we send out a request to other libraries, we get them in, and my job is to do the paperwork, to check in the item, you know, is there damage, who's it going to, what not. And the first time that I got microfilm in my hands, I looked at it and I was like, what is
0: this? You know, and
2: I turned to my supervisor, who is probably a 60-year-old plus woman, and I go, "What is this? Like how do I write about the media is this is? from the aliens?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she she kind of looks at me and she goes, do they still use CDs? Do they still use VHS? You know, she,
1: she always wanted to know,
2: you know, how much has it changed? And I, to, I had to get this little mini lecture on, okay, this is microfilm, this is microfiche, this is, you know, how to read it.
1: And did you even have a microfiche
2: machine? I think they do somewhere in the archives. I'm sure.
1: not, <laughs> I'm not, that you know. Sense. I kind of can't even remember the last time I used one I was wh- in high school. Yeah, high school. Yeah, so it's so just, it's funny because, I mean, it is
2: changing. It's changing how we're getting information. And um, I took a graphic design course for non-majors mm-hmm. to learn how to do InDesign and Photoshop and mm-hmm. kind of work more with, like, laying out um, pages for magazines and newspapers. And that's stuff. Right. But, um, I mean, it's it's true. They, they have to move past the, the days of exacto knives and rubber cement, and they have to teach um, these basic programs. So when, you know, you graduate and you go out into the real world, you're at least somewhat familiar with them. Mm -hmm. It is overwhelming because, uh, I also think that adults have a certain expectation that, oh, because you're younger, you're going to know more than me, you know, about it. Um, so there is like a kind of a about computers and technology, yeah right, right right so there is so you of, grew up with a screen
1: in your face obviously yeah,
2: yeah, yeah I mean so I do have a certain amount of familiarity with right. it and I do feel comfortable uh, you know going online and saying this is a secure website I'm fine with putting my information into this or knowing hey this is completely sketchy I'm not going to touch it you know or right. how to hook up monitors and speakers I, I get that I absolutely do but It is overwhelming how many programs I think college graduates are expected to learn, and not master, but have a proficiency level. Right.
1: Interesting. Yeah. What about just access to the internet? There's a lot of lies on the internet. I Mm -hmm. don't know if you noticed, but... (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah, just maybe. (laughs) uh, How does that affect how you do research? I think with
2: research... I mean, they, they teach you in your courses how to find good sources Mm -hmm. and there's all these steps that you can take where you know who's the author research the author and these these kind of artificial academic steps that you can take but really it's just a gut feeling Mm -hmm. you know you look at you look at a source and you can say this person is just spewing something off of Wikipedia or you can Mm -hmm. go oh this is a trusted credible publication I can trust this information to not wiki how no, WikiHow is Wiki not... WikiHow is
0: pretty accurate. Josh,
2: like...
0: Nine, <laughs> nine times out of 11, they're pretty accurate.
2: Well, when you're asking WikiHow, you know, <laughs> what's the best way to cut a piece of fruit versus, you know, what was the most recent, you know, quote from this? It depends what you're looking at, but mm-hmm. sometimes you can trust WikiHow. <laughs> I don't think
1: so. No. <laughs> <laughs> has that changed? Uh, has that uh, education about how to do research Better has that changed? Um, You know when you you look Josh has this rant all the time you should be asking this question (laughs) Um, People just reposting stuff on Facebook. That's Mm -hmm. not true And Mm -hmm. does that change the way you view that stuff where you're like you couldn't have possibly looked that up and understood that to be true Or not true,
2: right? I think well for me personally uh, an instance where I kind of learned my lesson was when in 2012, so I think I was 16, yeah, 16 at the time when it came out, all that Kony 2012 stuff was out and that video got produced and everyone was sharing it. I remember seeing that and and not looking up a single information about it, you know, outside source or anything, Mm -hmm. and I just, I clicked reblog, I hit repost, and I was like, this is amazing, everyone needs to know. And then a few weeks following, more information about the documentary producer and filmmaker came out, you know, more information about you know, how it was kind of like a marketing, you know, there were twists to it. And like, I remember all these things were coming out afterwards and I felt kind of like a dumbass for just reposting so blindly, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I mean, I think you always will have that learning curve or like that, that one instance where you're like, Ooh, spoke too soon. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's easier to look up the the contrasting information though, mm-hmm. you know, so when you do see an issue or you do see an article about something It's way easier to go out and find the contrasting opinion or fact-check on your own Whereas before if you read something in the newspaper, you just you took it for the truth You know, you didn't go to the library and you say, you know, is this really true? So it's easier
0: I need to go and find seven other newspapers right and, right. and corroborate this. yeah it's <laughs> true
1: Why is that? Because they had to have lied in newspapers. Is it that it's harder to? It's so easy to publish things on the internet that it's easier to lie. Yeah. Like, what's the? De- I
0: mean, there there are rules to journalism, like that these publications would be, you know, on the hook for like, right libel. But and anybody and that else kind of on the thing.
1: internet can just say whatever they want.
0: It's harder to. Um, it's harder to get people nowadays. Like, you could sends someone a cease and desist order, and then they could create a brand new website on Blogspot or something, post the same exact content, and just link to it on their old site. And then you have to send a cease and desist order to that, and then all these other steps. So it's, it's more complicated now, and people are really quick to cite the First Amendment and <laughs> you know that sort of thing. So I think it's, it's a, a, a different atmosphere now um where posting blatant misinformation is a lot easier mm-hmm. but there's a lot more clear-cut sources for for factual information too I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so you're at the beginning of a career. Mm-hmm. What are you most excited about and what are you most intimidated by?
2: I think I'm most excited for that day when I'm standing in an office and I have a title to my name. And I have a client list or a list of publications or just just that day when I when I can stand in my office or my workspace and say, I made it. Mm-hmm. I did it because I think as, as someone who's in college and, and young, I'm just I, I see that day as so far away Mm -hmm. as years and years and years and oh will I ever make it you know when you're late uh, up late studying and you're saying is this really worth it like is this gonna even help me out one day yeah so that day when yes it did help me out or you know when I when I feel accomplished that's I'm so excited for that day yeah I really am
1: yeah
2: and I'm most intimidated Mm -hmm. by the journey by (laughs) the process there you know there Yes, yeah, so I'm excited for
1: the mountain view, but I'm I'm nervous for the climb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, why do you think the climb is getting to that point and not from that point on? <laughs> I don't know. I think because well, it's your next climb. Right. Right. After that. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: I mean, it's it's always that that like uh, that endurance that you have to find in yourself, and you have to like I don't know. You just it's. It's scary. It's scary mm-hmm. to think that you, know, you have to put in a lot of work before you can get your outcome. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. also, it's
1: how you do it. There's do no it. way around it. Yeah. yeah cool. cool. What, um... Well, what questions do you have? Do you wanna? I'm, I just that just turned into a, like a job interview right. question. <laughs> yeah. By the way, any job interview you have will end with, well, what questions do you have? Yes, I have <laughs> been informed about that.
2: One. <laughs> we always will have guest speakers come into my college courses, and they'll tell us, you know, little bring questions. Little, yeah, little like snippets of uh, yeah. interview tips and tricks, and yeah, bring questions is one I've heard. I guess. I mean, I was, I was thinking about asking this to the random question jar, but what would oh. you tell yourself ten years ago or however long ago you started out in your industry? What would you tell your past self? It's a really good question.
1: We just got random questions. <laughs> if, I,
0: if I thought I would listen to myself, <laughs> I would tell myself that I don't have all of the answers.
2: Mm-hmm. Did you feel like when you were that age that you've had all the answers? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I really did, and um, I kind of was wanting to get to a point where I didn't have to keep climbing. I've long since left that <laughs> at, at the side of the road. I agree with you that it's important to have those peaks where you say, I want to get to there. Mm-hmm. And that really helps you grow as a as a person, um, but then when you get there, you inevitably find another another peak is waiting for you to get to and sometimes you have to go down uh, or like some on some windy path or whatever but it's just right over there Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) i think the advice i would give myself is like when you reach those milestones that you're looking for it's not going to feel the way you like it's not going to feel the way you think it's going to feel it's it could be better it could be worse it could be it could not feel any way at all but if you over sensationalize the next milestone i think i have had times where i'm so focused on getting to that goal or getting to that result or outcome that i don't enjoy anything that has happened to get there uh, or i don't pay attention to it and kind of savor it and when i when i learned that when you get to those points and reach those goals that you can just I guess kind of enjoy those more, or take your time being there a little bit, and but also if it doesn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen, or if it doesn't feel the way you thought it would, it's a little, it gets a little easier every time to enjoy the journey more. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I don't I, know if that made sense. No, it does.
2: It does, because <laughs> I think that also kind of uh, ties back to what we were saying about being flexible earlier, about yeah. taking mm-hmm. like random jobs or discovering something along the way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. Cool. Well, do you want to go into the random question jar sure. and pull a question? Sure, I'd love to. There, there you go. All right. <laughs> Let's see. Now you have to um, make up a new question. Yeah, Sorry.
2: yeah, I have to think. <laughs> okay, so it says, how do you balance work and home life? Which is interesting because I, I feel that whoever was asking this was picturing, you know, how do you balance kids' schedules and family lives and yeah. stuff. But for me my home life is me, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I guess it would be more applicable to ask how do you balance work and personal life? Mm -hmm. Um, I think a big part of it is pausing. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I think a big part of it is, um, taking a step back and saying, what do I need right now? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, maybe this is just for me because I'm very, very like I push myself really hard. Very more on the ambitious side. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes really have to be conscious of, okay, go make yourself some dinner. Like go right. pause, take a break. Take a break. Put the book down. Um, so I, I try to balance
1: by just pausing more.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. That'd be the biggest thing.
1: I um, I pushed myself really hard when I was in college as well and I so I I get that I had a part-time job I had a really heavy credit load I had I took Latin which is like (laughs) just that alone is like four hours a day right which is just stupid so it is it can be really challenging I think people will look back and go oh man it was so easy when I didn't have any kids and all this stuff Mm -hmm. to take care of to to balance but there's always there's always something to balance yeah, absolutely. It may be less complicated, but it's not. It's not less work. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thanks for talking to us. That yeah. was fun. That was easy. That yeah. Was easy, simple.
0: <laughs> thanks again for listening, humans. As always, you can find us on Twitter at prohumans, on our Facebook page Prohumans Podcast, on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com/prohumans, Stitcher at prohumans. Or go the easy route and log on to ProHumans.com where you can find all that stuff and more. This is Danger wishing you a professional week.